Man, did y'all miss me? It's been what, like a month since I did a show? Only reason why, because I've been in school with finals and, you know, taking tests. So I had no other choice but to take off a month. I mean, if I didn't take off a month, then I'd be doing myself injustice and, like, probably want to purposely fail school. Because I couldn't balance that with finals. I said, man, look, I'm trying to graduate. I ain't, I ain't graduate now, but I'm going to graduate in December. But in order for me to graduate in December, I had to, gra- to pass the past month of school. <laughs> so I was like, nope. I'm going to just take off a month. But I'm pretty sure people that's listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and watching on YouTube, I hope y'all miss me. I hope y'all did. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. The people have spoken. We back with another episode. This time, the Western Conference Finals preview. But before we get to the Western Conference Finals, we're going to talk about the East. I have Kelly Eco, covers the Houston Rockets for ESPN 975 and also for the Rockets Wire USA Today Sports Media Group. Also a contributor for Bleach Report, and we have Ali Bajani, writer for The Athletic. So before we get to Houston, I know y'all doing y'all, y'all thing right now for the Rockets. I congratulate y'all. I support y'all a thousand percent. I mean, I met you, what was that, a couple of months ago? It was in the summer. Summertime. Damn. I was still last summer. I was still interning here, yeah. Right, last summer. Met you. Right outside. <laughs> exactly. I know, right? Good dude. Man, before we talk about the Western Conference, we're going to talk about the East and what we seen yesterday with Boston and Cleveland. Now, guys, I'm a LeBron fan. Let's put that out there. If you watch my previous shows, I, I ride for LeBron all the time. I'm not panicking, but I want to get y'all take on game one and how the series you think can go. I'm not panicking either if I'm a Cavs fan. Right. They said something about LeBron takes these game ones as a means to, like, evaluate. Yeah, fill-out game. Yeah, just to see see what's happening. And credit to Boston. They came out swinging. They those young guys are real problem over there. Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, Smart. It's just it's, it was a good game. It was a good game for them. So I'm, I'm, so I'm me personally. I'm just looking at the at the game, game one, and I'm not panicking. I'm yeah. watching that. I'm like, man, they dudes is off. They missed a bunch <laughs> of wide open threes. Yeah. LeBron was because this is how LeBron looks at. It. I've been watching him since a senior in high school. He looks at game ones as a round one boxing match. Okay. Fill out game, see what you're going to do, Brad Stevens. Okay, this you going to do. This is what the, the double team going to come at. All right, I'm going to watch film on you today. Tomorrow, <laughs> they're going to play, and they're going to they gonna win game two. And I still got series in five. I still have it you're five. You still have it in five? I still Ooh. have it in five. five. Six at the most. It's not going seven. I'll, I'll say this. I think if you know Tristan Thompson is going to beat Al Horford on the off- offensive and defensive glass, right. why would you wait till game two to start him? That is true. Why would you wait mm-hmm. till game two to start him when the score before he checked in yesterday was already a double-digit lead for the Celtics? I don't care who you are. When you were in an opposing team's building and that home team got a double-digit, build, uh, double-digit lead with that home crowd, that's not good. So right. I, I, I really do think, yes, I understand the whole he's surveying what Coach Stevens is doing, but it's, it's, it's a game. Seven-game series, one game right. gone. Uh, I know it's LeBron, LeBron. We all, we all talk about LeBron, but... Still, I can't get over the fact that you gave up one game. Right. So it sounds like to me that you got probably Boston winning this series, it sounds like. No, I mean, I... I <laughs> sounds like Boston a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I do think that everybody threw away Boston way too easily. I think Boston uh-huh. will give Cleveland a lot of a lot of tough love here. Right. Um, I think Cleveland still comes out okay because I can't doubt LeBron. Same way we can't... We haven't doubted the Spurs over the many, many years. Grown the same appreci- pre- appreciation for LeBron. But at the, at the same time, you know... 
Celtics are a good team. They're the best defensive team the Cavs have faced so far. That's true. Um, they have length, and they have the versatility, the Celtics, in order to disrupt LeBron. I think the mm-hmm. biggest takeaway for me yesterday was how they defended that Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, off-screen action that was so successful against Toronto. Right. Uh, Kyle Korver had many, you know, multiple th- games that series with like two or three three-pointers a game at least. Kevin right. Love got off to hot starts against Toronto, and it was all based on that two-man action they had. Celtics disrupted that yesterday. What will the Cavs do in response to that? Get those guys going. Because if those guys are going, LeBron can space the floor more, attack right. one-on-one, get the shots he wants. I think this game, I think game two, they sh- they better win game two, first of all. <laughs> they better have another choice. Yep. My question is that can Boston sustain? They're great, they great on defense. They could throw different bodies at LeBron. But can they sustain a high-power offense for four games? And that's my question. They had twenty point, points in the paint in the first quarter. I mean that right. that's, that's it's inexcusable. If you're if you're a Cavs player, <clears throat> I mean, I don't care who's out there. You, you allow twenty points in the first quarter in the paint. I don't know, I don't know the exact number, but you're never gonna win. Even if they're shooting yeah. like that again from three point range, which they were incredible yesterday, right. you still allow that much points from the paint. If you're not de- protecting the paint, you better be protecting that perimeter. Right. So if I got in five, which what's, what's the series you have? I did six. Still got in six. For Cleveland, yeah, yeah. but I but Tyloo was still tinkering with lineups. Like, it's still, I know, and that's the issue. at this point you should know what your five is. And right. I don't know to Ali's point why are you not starting Tristan Thompson. Like, he what? dominates Al Horford. And he's the reason why they got to the second round. To me, he was and, player to get and game while he was on the Indiana. floor, when you're playing a team with great length, yeah. you need players who are ball handlers who will get inside the paint and score. Now, when you put out a lineup like that without without these guys, LeBron by himself as the only guy who can get inside, then you bring in Rodney Hood late into the first quarter as another guy who can score off the dribble. That's not a, that's not a recipe for success in this Boston team. This Boston right. team is built on thriving off, forcing you in bad positions, getting the rebound, pushing the ball in transition. And right. that's exactly what you saw in that first half yesterday. Put the game out of reach. Hypothetically, if Boston wins this series... What do you see the the, the the what moves you see Cleveland making? LeBron goes, Ty Lue's gone, roster changes. Yeah, definitely. Um, their cap situation is kind of like bad right now. Like they're kind of cash strapped. They're just super high in the luxury tax. Right? Yeah, it's super high. So the, the the problem with that is, if he goes, you're still screwed, and if he stays, you're still screwed right. cap wise. So. They want to get younger, but at the same time, they want to be competitive. You know, right. Philadelphia, Toronto still there. Boston's going to be there, a perennial threat. Right. So, I don't know. This this is a this is a big series, but I don't I don't I don't I don't think they'll lose based yeah. on the fact that Me too. Marcus Morris and the other guys. I don't think he's going twenty one and ten for the rest of the series. Because right, yeah, scary Terry. I don't think LeBron is going, going five good. for sixteen the rest of the series. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. LeBron. But this is also the, this is not the same defense. Yeah, that's true. Um, as the Toronto Raptors, these Celtics, they they don't want to go on rotations. And if you if you right. put a defense in a position where they have to make rotations, that's where those mistakes and miscommunication happen. These Celtics do a great job of doing two things at once. What do I mean right. by that? The hope on LeBron, stunt, come back to the three point shooter, take that away. What will Cleveland do to figure that out? That's the question. I have a theory about LeBron's, and we're gonna talk about that later on. After the, I thought talk about the Rockets Awards. We're gonna we're gonna move to the to the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Well, everybody think this is the NBA Finals. Rockets Wars. Everybody asked about this series since November. <laughs> yeah, they, since, it's been penciled since the in. It's been started, penciled in, yeah. Rockets Warriors, they made this team to build and beat Golden State. We here now. Game one's in a few hours. 
What we looking at, fellas? Y'all uh, cover the team. What, bit, uh, what y'all uh, see? Uh, first of all, the crowd has to get behind the team. You know, one thousand percent. Everyone supposedly today. You, you saw this on Twitter. Yeah, the Rockets are calling the ticket holders about coming to the game early. They have to. They have to. Yep, that's true. Because they're, they're gonna close the streets at like what Five. hour and a half? Yeah, or four days. Yeah, from now, yeah. Closing the streets. A couple they, streets they, 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 they closing it down for the little launch party or whatever they got with yeah. the graphic, all that. Yeah. That's gonna be- Are they going to watch? They gonna people going to be watching outside the place too? Of course. This is like this is like one of the most hyped conference finals in the last I mean, five, Astros six years. Yesterday. They're, going, they're going to the road trip wearing all Astros gear. You know? They, uh, this yeah. city is hyped for this team right now. This but- is as big as a series than the Clutch City era in 94-95. Because them two years, when I was talking to my brother about this, them two years, they weren't supposed to go to the finals. So this is a different situation than it was back then. Of course, you had Hakeem and everybody, but that year in 95, I want to say that's the year that Denver beat yeah. Seattle. They got lucky. Then they beat uh, Phoenix, and they beat them teams to get there. This year is like – And this, this is the closest thing that this team has seen to a dynasty right? in about 20 years. And I think me personally, if Houston don't, if Houston don't get to the championship or win it this year – I don't think there's another another opportunity unless they make some moves to. I mean, make. I think this is the best opportunity. Yeah, they've had in a very long time, very and long I time. think the players know in their points in their careers that this is one of the best opportunities they're ever going to have. Right. Um, I'm not going to say they may not have another window opportunity, but I think this is at this point in everybody's careers. This is, yeah, this everyone's is peaking. Team. Everyone's peaking. This yeah. is a veteran team. They know yeah. this is their shot. And some of them is old. Chris Paul's up there in age. Ariza's is up there in age. Yeah. Uh, PJ Tucker, Tucker is up yeah. there. Mabamute is in All these guys are veterans. They play the playoff eight, test nine, ten right. plus years. They know this is their shot, and they got to deliver. Now the question is, do y'all think they have enough to beat Golden State? I think we haven't seen Golden State's best yet, and that's scary to see. And 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 I hate and, and I hate to say it, but you know, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt. They are the champions. They've won the two of the last three championships. They have that extra gear that no other team in the NBA has. Yes, they may not have played like it most of the season, and they barely started playing like the last series, but they do have that extra gear. Can the Rockets combat those runs they're going to have? The Warriors will have those three, four-minute runs where they go into the yeah. avalanche and threes, and Curry gets going, point and the run, yeah. gets into it. Can they sustain that? We saw that possible in the first game of the season when the Rockets came back all the way down, made it a game, won overtime, and won it. But can they sustain those runs, and can they handle that extra gear for the Warriors? And I think we haven't seen Houston best yet either. Because well, there's been games where it's been Chris Paul on, yeah. Harden's off. Harden's on, Chris Paul's off. And both need to be in position. And both need to be on for four games. Yeah, the one game we saw late in the season was the Portland game when they were both, quote-unquote, on. Right. And that gave a, a, a taste of what can happen. But and they, like always said, they, they say, need to both be on, yeah. They always say this with Golden State. One can be off. All you need is, all you need is really one to be on, really. And then everybody can just Clay Thompson on his game, Steph Curry on. Is, it's hard to isolate against that team, right? Because you have to give up something, right? Mm-hmm. You can give up those eight threes, yes, but can you get like other? It's hard to combat a team where three of your best players are three phenomenal shooters. Yeah, because you have two of the top three players, three of the top fifteen, then four of the top twenty. Durant shooting sixty percent from mid range in the playoffs. You have Curry and Thompson who are incredible lights out shooters, quick release. And you have a guy in Andre Iguodala who can still, you know, cut and who, who and saves Draymond his body Green. for the playoffs. And yeah. Draymond Green, and you're going to see this today. The, the teams continue to play off of Draymond Green when he's a blonde perimeter, make him shoot threes. He's smart enough where he knows. All right, I'll take sometimes I'll take that shot, but more times than not, he's going to go into that dribble handoff. And if the defender is sagging way off of him, nobody's coming around that screen to defend the three pointer. That's an easy shot for Curry or Thompson. 
There's no easy way to defend this team. Who's the X Factor? For the Rockets? Right. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. If he can be that third scorer, consistent, 19, 20, 21, 22, off the bench, keep the offense floating, keep them going to three-guard lineups as we saw a bit of the season, then they have a shot. 31%. That's what he's shooting from three-point range. Can't happen. He needs to shoot much better. Um, I think another guy to look into, because he said Eric Gordon, I agree with Eric Gordon, a guy's mm-hmm. secondary facilitator. Um, I look at P.J. Tucker. You're going to see a lineup where P.J. Tucker plays center. He only played center four minutes against Golden State this, this year. You're going to see a lot of lineups to close the halves, each half, um, second half, second quarter and fourth quarter, where Tucker is playing that five alongside Gordon, Paul, Harden, and one of Ariza or Mabamute. Um, and that's, a fi- that's their five-out tuck wagon lineup. But what, mm-hmm. what you're going to see there is more times than not, Golden State is going to choose to trap um, Harden and Paul beyond the perimeter. That makes P.J. Tucker a decision-maker. Is he going to go shoot that floater or layup where he's shooting, you know, or decent from? Yeah. Uh, or is he going to pass it out to a shooter in the perimeter? Or are the Warriors going to hug the shooters? It's a match-playing game. It's all a read-and-react offense for them when they do trap. But I do, I do expect Tucker to play a pivotal role in this series. I'm looking at James Harden, me personally. I know he's the MVP. I know he's the best player on the team. But my ex is going to be James Harden. Usually it's all going to be like the role players like a Jared, maybe P.J. or Eric. Me personally, this is me. I remember last year against San Antonio Game 6. Ever since then, everything he did against Minnesota and uh, Utah, I don't care. He needs to show up tonight. This series, this is his most important series of his career thus far. He needs to have four of the best MVP type of games to beat Golden State. He can't be. He can't have no 6 for 22. He can't have no, what was against San Antonio, eight points. Can't have no eight turnovers. Can't have eight turnovers. But 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 credit to the turnovers. Houston has led the league in fewest turnovers. Playoffs, As, right. A w- interesting thing about that point, though. Where Gordon said a few days ago that he, you can't beat this Warriors team with straight up ISO ball, and that's the reason why the Rockets have the least number of turnovers because they're not passing it as much. Yeah. So what are the Rockets going to do tonight? Are they going to look for that mismatch if Warriors start Looney, or are they going to move the basketball side to side and get the best shot? But we've seen time and time again when they don't pass and see that mismatch mm-hmm. in transition, especially they're hard to beat because then James Harden doesn't have to do anything. He just dribbles past, gets that gets the help defender to rotate over, and that's an open shot for somebody else. Right. We can play hypotheticals all we want. Yeah. Now, I have Houston F seven. What you got? I have cool. As of right now, I have the Warriors in six. Warriors in six. I've been going back and forth. Um, it's, it's it's like. It's tough. Day. Don't get if me wrong. The Rockets, it's tough. If the Rockets go to seven, I think the Rockets can, can win. They can if win. If the Warriors are up three two and it's going to game six, count it. I think the Warriors will win. That for me is it. If it's a short series, it favors the Warriors. If it's a longer series, it favors the Rockets. That's basically it for me. And we ain't got a lot of time, so I'm, I'm going to say this. And I, I, I told you about this. I think you was in the room too before we started. Let's just say that this is my theory. Let's just say. Houston gets crushed, blown out the uh, blown out the series in five games. Okay, um, and the Cavs, Cavs get to the finals, but they lose to Golden State. LeBron James, and I was always the type of guy that said he's not coming to Houston. But don't you think it would make would it make sense? If I mean, LeBron it would it would push the narrative, especially if they lose to the Celtics. It would even make it stronger if 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 the Rockets get blown out and the Cavs get blown out. It would push the narrative of. They need LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, it's interesting. What kind of role will LeBron play with his new team if he decides to leave? Is he going to be an off-ball guy who likes to screen and post up and you know use his size advantage inside, 
or is he going to be some guy who wants the ball in his hands? I think he'd be off ball. I mean, he said he did say that he would like to play off ball. He wouldn't be off ball. In the, in the, but, in the future, but that's but, not him who said it. It's somebody else who said yeah. it on behalf of him. What I'm trying to say is it all depends on that rule. I think LeBron's smart enough to understand the way the modern NBA is moving to he, he can't have the ball in his hands all the time. And mm-hmm. he understands that. I think with his Cavs team, he needs to. Um, but will the Rockets be the best place for him as well? You have James Harden, you have Chris Paul, and yeah, you have LeBron. From, from if, LeBron if LeBron is willing to be a screener, then you go into a, like a, for me, the most unguardable play in basketball right now is the Curry-Durant pick and roll. Right. Durant screens for Curry, or Curry screens for Durant. Mm-hmm. How do you defend that? And you have three other shooters around the perimeter. Right. I think if LeBron came here to Houston, how do you defend a hard in LeBron pick and roll? Mm-hmm. Right? Wouldn't would, would I don't see it happening from a basketball standpoint, nor a legacy standpoint, because I know how much he care about his legacy. My question is now because we know LeBron James is like payment; he has his own system. Dan Tony has an offensive system with seven seconds, just a fast pace. Mm-hmm. LeBron. Wouldn't fit that Dan Tony system, I but think. but to that now it's now it's sixteen. Seconds yeah, sixteen. Like like right now, Houston is the middle of the pack in terms of pace. Chris Paul, well, last year they were third, and then Chris Paul's arrival kind of brought that down to like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, and to that point, I think if hypothetically speaking, if LeBron was to come to Houston, right, you want more smart decision makers with the ball as man on your team, right? You know. People say yes. Okay, is LeBron going to be a catch and shoot guy? All that stuff, but I don't know. People I've talked to like it's also in terms of what does Houston have to give up to get him? And that's the question because because the people I've talked to they said, well, obviously speaking, if you can just get him by losing someone like maybe a Ryan Anderson, which they will give up, they will definitely do that. But if it goes more of Eric. His salary is thirty five million. Yeah. If you trade for him. It's a good take. taking a pay cut. I don't. I don't. Well, even if you trade, even let's say you, you look for Ryan to trade for LeBron. Ryan Anderson's twenty million. Where's the rest fifteen million dollars come from? Yeah, exactly. Are you? Are you? Are you, you signing Capella away? Are you, are you, and that's the. We're gonna get to that too because that's the one thing I always took. If I said, "Man, we gonna be on a bench if he comes here," <laughs> you don't want to give a cup because Capella. You okay? I understand you want LeBron more than Capella. That's that's. He's a better player. He's the best player in the NBA. But Capella in that system, that it's pick and integral roll, to the system. He's there. Remember Amari with Phoenix? He's that Amari kind of. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to get 30 a game, obviously. But he's that guy in the middle. He's the one that sets the pick and he rolls. So I don't think it will work for that team. And he's becoming the defensive anchor that they exactly. wanted him to be. So do are you willing to break up this if, team if, to I get mean, LeBron for a short term? Daryl Morey is, is a salary cap wizard. So I'm pretty sure he would figure out a way to – Keep him and, but it would take a lot. Right, it would gut a lot of that roster. You, yeah. You're talking maybe three, four players, and EG, a key players. E.g. Rhino, maybe a Tucker. You and are you going to lose that? You gonna you want to give that up? I don't and, think you want to give and that and up. If Golden State doesn't lose anything, you're still going to meet them next year. Exactly. So, it's, it's, I don't see him going to Houston. He's playing with fire, really. And I want to stay on that because you brought out a report about Capella. Yeah. With Phoenix. Yeah. A potential max deal, and I always said too. I said, "Man, Capella will get paid this summer yeah, somewhere." Is. And this is playing like it. This is yes. the worst time for his for his age. For he's outplayed Cat. He outplayed Gobert most of that series. No, yep. most of that series. And now he got no center in this one. Yeah. McGee. I'm not worried about McGee or Looney or. But yeah, yeah. He, Phoenix has been keeping their eyes on him. As as are other teams too. Do you see him going to Phoenix? Well, I don't. No, I don't see. No, because. Um, 
the owner wants to match whatever you throw at him. Right. But people say that until the bill comes. Exactly, and they see that. If, like, if Phoenix does give him that max, which they very well can do because right. looking at their roster, the only center they have guaranteed next year is Tyson Chandler. And you got one more year left. Alex, Alex Lynn isn't guaranteed, and he's on like four and a half million. He's a free agent this season, right? Yeah, something like that. And Tyson's on 13. Right. Dallas is also looking for a big man, too, and Dallas loves, like you saw with Chandler Parsons, they would love nothing more than to annoy Houston and throw a max contract his way. Oh, yeah. So I can see him staying in Houston, though. Yeah. Work, work with Hakeem. That's the one thing I think. I think Hakeem could vouch for Yeah, because they have been too. working with they, they, they. You see it during the postseason. Look how excited Hakeem gets when Clint does anything. Downstairs. Yeah. The Utah real. game, when he was in, when Hakeem was in Utah. And Clint had that game with six blocks. I think four in the last like six minutes of that game. Look how excited Hakeem got during that. I game. seen that. Yeah, because they they they've worked so hard with him, and yeah. they're seeing the fruits of the labor. Roy Rogers, keep his name in mind. Roy Rogers, assistant coach. John Lucas, player development coach. Those guys have been in, instrumental in the development of Clint Capella, and and I think those two would be the first people of Alfred how much he's grown over the last. And you see, years. we see it the game. Yeah. He's grown each and every season. Yeah. Getting better at free And he throws. said he, he wants to extend his range a little bit. If, if he starts taking that 15-footer. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> for me, the biggest thing for me th- that I've seen, especially this postseason, he's not falling for anything on defense. Right. When, when he's inside against Gobert, against all these guys, he's not jumping up and causing, getting contact. He has a quick first jump where he trusts himself that he knows, I don't have to jump a second time and defend and, draw, and, and somebody draw a foul on me. I can stay vertical. Right. And when they go for the shot, I have a quick enough jump to block them. And right. that's why you've seen his block numbers go up in the postseason as well. So I'm going to ask you this. When they go to the Hampton Five, which is Iguodala, Curry, Durant, Clay, and Draymond. Leave him out there. Do you keep? Leave him out there. Golden State wants you to adjust when they leave him out there. Mm-hmm. At least see what, see what you can do because yeah. they want you I to think go you to can trust him. I think with Clay yeah. one thing that makes him one of the best centers to guard uh, on switches is he plays angles really well. By that, what I mean, he's so long. That he mm-hmm. can use his arms to help him recover. Right. He's also laterally quick enough, where he's always moving his feet and positioning himself in these angles to right. get in front of these guys. Now Curry's a different beast all himself. Curry, he's very unorthodox in how you have to defend him. Right. But when it comes to guys like Durant, when it comes to guys like Thompson, on these switches, I really feel like I could trust Clint right. Capella to make it tougher. I mean, you saw what he did against Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he's not reaching. He's keeping his arms at. at, Keep, at he's using what he does is he puts his arms up like 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 this above uh, above uh, above his shoulders. And then he guides the defensive player to stay in front of him. That's a skill in itself. Right. People say this. People say game one is very, very important. Do y'all take it the same way? Like the importance of game one? Um, I will say, well, for fans and everyone, yes, of course. They want to, in Twitterverse, they want to come out and make a statement that, no, we're not scared of you. Right. The Rockets are veterans. They've, they've, they've been here before. Mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni... Obviously, we'll bring out some new wrinkles in his game plan, credit to what Ali said. But they want to see what is Steve Kerr going to bring. What is he going to bring something new? How long is he going to play the Hamptons 5? Game 1 is not a tell-all tell for the series. Right. Because the Rockets are, they've been very good on the road this season. And they won in Golden State. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think it would be a killer if they lose. But they want to win, of course. Get on so, I'm going to ask you this, Ali. Let's say, hypothetically... Harden, typical. Let's say Harden just chokes. Just, he just messes up once again. Like, damn, Harden, you did it again to us. How do you view Harden? Still going MVP, but for the long term. Man, you gonna keep him? But how do you see him I as think a player? If I'm a fan, okay, 
if I'm from a fan perspective, I'd be disappointed. I'd be like, you know, this was your shot at redemption to make up for how to, unfortunately to, to went out. The haters. We get it. You were tired. You did all the offensive work for the Rockets last season, last yeah. postseason. And I'm about that tired stuff. You went to the club right after that game. He wasn't tired. But, uh, but this was his shot. Right. This was a shot at redemption. Now, if he doesn't succeed, then the, everything else is boring. See, nothing, my thing is this. I don't think people get mad. if Okay, if it's a tough 7-8 and they lose like how yeah. John there's, Stockton there's, hit there's, the game there's no shame. There's no shame there's in no that. Shame in it. I'm like, man, that's Golden State. Like, you can't do nothing. But I think if he just chokes – once again, uh, but I don't think this. He, he's think, not. He's not that. He's I, I not, that, he's he not that player. And I, and I think what I'll say is he's improved his game, and you have to also keep this in mind. Be cognizant. Who is he playing? He's playing at possibly the greatest team ever in the history of basketball. Yep. You have four defenders in that Hampton Five lineup to throw at him with full confidence that you can defend him and cr- put him in position to create uh, score. A tough can you shot. say five with, Igu- with, uh, with Iguodala? No, I said four out of the five. I think Curry is very underrated. Oh defensively. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I think right, right. Curry is very underrated defensively, but I think they they will usually more times not send help towards Curry to make sure that Harden doesn't get too much yeah. penetration. I yeah. think in the last, but, oh, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is four out of those five guys you can trust solely one on one against Harden to to combat him and keep him clamped. Right. You know what this reminds me of? Y'all remember Peyton Manning? With the coach, he couldn't get past Tom Brady. He was always on the road. Like, damn, Brady got him again. And then that one year, he got that home field advantage. Number one seed, he beats New England at home. It's like James Harden. He lost to Golden State. James Harden is this great season, regular season basketball player. Got to Golden State, couldn't beat him on the road. Lost him in in the conference finals in the first round. Now he got the opportunity to beat this New England Patriots style of the NBA, Golden State, yeah. at home now. I think it's like that. Am I wrong for comparing that? I mean, no. I think Peyton Manning is considered one of the best offensive players ever. And I think James Harden, by his coach, is considered the best offensive player ever. Right. So I, I see that comparison as very warranted. Uh, by the end of the day, this is all on James Harden and all on Chris Paul. Yeah, that's why he's Those two expecting. need to come and deliver. Yeah. They deliver, Rockets have a great chance. Yeah. I hope I hope we can I hope we can pull it up. I'm not gonna lie. I want to see Cleveland versus Houston, and I'm sorry. I'm going for Cleveland. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm if they if they get past the Warriors, they're, they're definitely getting past Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. But I want to get back to that theory though with LeBron. I, I don't think he's leaving <clears throat> before we get out. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's gonna go to Houston. I have a theory though. Y'all probably heard it before already. So I think he stays in Cleveland, right? Okay. Depending on the front office. So. He goes to Kobe and he says, hey, front over, what are we going to do? They got the top five pick. Tomorrow's very key for Cleveland. If they get the number one pick in the draft, I'm trading that it. changes things. It changed a lot. Now, guess what? Number one pick. Let's say they get number one pick. Number, number one, number two, number three. Somewhere around there. Top three. Trade the top three pick. Okay. Kevin Love, Pyle Rodney Hood, somebody, a couple of role players for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard go to Cleveland. Remember what Greg Popovich said? He's not taking him to the West. He's not going to LA. He's not going to take him to Houston. He's going to take him, he might take him to the East. Granted, Boston do have a lot more pieces to give up. But let's just say Cleveland gets the number one pick from Brooklyn. San Antonio's already rebuilding. Tony Parker's getting old. Mono's getting old. Paul Gasol's getting old. Kevin Love. Oh, that's a pretty good theory. Go. I, I never thought about that. Yeah. Kevin Love can go to San Antonio. 
Wait, Kevin, Kevin Love will go? Trade him. Trade Because think about it. They're going to play him and LaMarcus? Is that, what, is that what you're saying? Yeah. LaMarcus will play at center? Unless unless they're not going to take Kevin Love. If, if you're going to keep Kevin Love and they get Kawhi Leonard, then, <laughs> hey, that's I'm all for it. But if I'm San Antonio, all that the beef going on with San Antonio and Kawhi, Trey Kawhi to Cleveland. Same to the East. How about Paul George? Well, he's going to be a free agent. So that's I, say, I say if I'm Paul George, I go to Philly. Well, they do need a perimeter. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they do need that. So you know, if you break that story, you, you can know you can just you ain't got you ain't got to say my name. You ain't got you ain't got to give me no credit. You can make that theory. Your, uh, write that theory out. Hey, Kawhi Leonard to Cleveland. I think so. I think I think it's very fitting. It makes sense. Makes sense. For I mean, for hypothetically, but but that whole Kawhi beef is kind of overstated though. It's, it's not. Y'all, really. y'all think it's like real beef? Like you know, it's not real. It's, it's not real. But it's hypothetical. It's hypothetical. I mean. If they get that though. that pick, anything they're gonna have a lot of teams calling. Y'all see what's what's the what's the projected pick they have right now for uh Brooklyn? Number four? Eight, four? I don't know. Oh. I, I I do not know on the top of my head. I'm in playoff mode. I'm not in a lot right, of Right, exactly. We think about Houston right yeah. now. Um You wanna be even crazier than, than that hypothetical you have? Well. I'm gonna top that one. Uh oh. They get the number one pick, right? Right. They call Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook. To to where? To Cleveland? To Cleveland. Oh! Hey, you bring Russ to Cleveland? Oh, my. Hey, we're going to end that show right there. We gonna, <laughs> hey, we're going to end that show right there. You, hey, too hot. Hey, too hot. Too hey, hot. I like that theory. I'm not burning up right now. Oh, my. Hey, we're going to end that show right there. Real dude with a kill. Kelly, Ali, we out. We done. <laughs>